0: Welcome, everyone, to the inaugural—is that what we're calling it—the inaugural episode of the Castle of Spirits podcast, the companion to the Castle of stories website. I'll nail down this intro thing as we go. I am um, Jane, and who are you? Who is this lovely gentleman next to me?
1: Uh, my name is Vince. How are you?
0: I am great. How are you?
1: I am. Um, it's weird to be here because. We're doing a podcast for a website that's been around a quarter century Mm -hmm. and that we have been fans of for the vast majority of that time since around 2000, 2001 or two.
0: We are the new ghost keepers at the The, Castle of Spirits.
1: A website that dates back again, like I said, to 1997 Mm -hmm. when uh, Rowena Gilbert from Australia began the website and it changed hands after her unfortunate passing mm-hmm. In um, 2008, right. Yeah. To the groundskeeper, Don, mm-hmm. who uh, did a very good job taking care of the website and keeping it alive mm-hmm. until
0: he passed the torch on to us.
1: And we're extremely honored by it. And one of the things I wanted to do with this podcast was not just to talk about the website and that it's there and it's got thousands of ghost stories told by people who submitted their stories. But I thought it would be cool, and you thought it would be cool, mm-hmm. to read some of the coolest stories on the website. Yes. One of our, some of our favorites. Yes. And just share them with the audience, and uh, maybe have it spark some discussion, maybe get some more people out there to submit their stories, mm-hmm. true stories, of things that have happened to them that went bump in the night.
0: Yes. So like Vince said, we have been fans of the Castle of Spirits for going on 20 years now, uh we used to sit in the middle of the night with all the lights off and take turns reading back and forth, reading stories off the website to each other out loud and uh, we even submitted our own story back in two thousand
1: two Man, that was a long time that was before we that even... was twenty
0: years ago this
1: month that was when we were living in a little tiny one well, little tiny there we go. <laughs> In a small one-bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. Before we moved on to our,
0: our our castle, our grand castle of spirits. We live in the castle now.
1: That's right, we live in the castle. Right. I have always lived in the castle. Anyway, in my mind, anyway, but yeah, it was just uh, you know, it was just us there. We had no cable. Uh, mm-hmm. We had internet, and the coolest thing we could think to do was to try and freak each other out by reading stories mm-hmm. in the dark, in front of the computer, to one another.
0: Of course we did that when like when
1: Art Bell wasn't on or when
0: his episode was
1: a rerun or maybe not exciting. Mike Siegel was sitting in for him before George Norrie came along. <laughs> yeah. Yo, yeah, we go way back.
0: Way back.
1: Big Art Bell fans. <laughs> and uh, you know, it just the whole Castle of Spirits website, it makes me remember those kind of It was kind of a golden era back in the late 90s, early 2000s, when Art Bell was at its peak and, you know, The X-Files was at its peak Mm -hmm. and so much was going on with television shows like Sightings.
0: Well, and for me, like the internet was still fairly new, right? And in like 99, 2000. Yeah. And for people like me who, and you, who were always into creepy paranormal stuff it kind of seemed like that was one of the main things that that really took to the internet in the early days it was so easy to find ghost stories and anything you wanted along the paranormal lines and it was it was just a really exciting time of kind of discovery and i think that Now sometimes it feels a little saturated. It's not quite as exciting. But the castle still has that kind of excitement for me because it was still so new and I don't know what I'm saying. But anyway, I'm super excited to be here to be the caretaker of the castle now, the ghost keeper, along with you.
1: Yeah. And I share in this excitement. And do you wanna You should see
0: his excited face. He's wearing it right now.
1: I'm just very, very cool and calm (laughs) because I'm afraid He's just afraid, There could be period. a leak somewhere in this castle and that we're going to have to fix it. <laughs> oh, yeah. But that's leaky just roof. my own humanly mortal concern. Well, an
0: old haunted castle, it's going to have a leaky roof. So I'll take it. Okay. So in this episode, since we're still just kind of feeling it out and figuring out what our format is going to be, and we're aware that that's going to kind of evolve over time, uh, we decided that we wanted to start out by reading... We're each going to read at least one story to you today and kind of find a little bit of conversation that we can have within each of those stories. So we've each picked out a couple of stories Mm -hmm. and we're going to read them to you. These stories are all, all the stories that we're going to read to you are available on the castleofspirits.com website and- uh, All
1: submitted by real people telling their true stories. Yeah. They are- As frightening as they are flawed and human. Yeah. And there's, you know, if you want to get a real scare, listen to a real person telling their story. There's a great, I love beautifully written books and terrifying stories of hauntings Mm -hmm. that really transport you, but there's nothing as scary as hearing a person say, I looked up and there was a ghost walking (laughs) through the room.
0: I mean, maybe not like that. That's not very scary, but.
1: It scared me just now.
0: (laughs) But I understand what you're saying. And just in the same way that sometimes these big, huge, you know, big budget movies are nowhere near as scary as creepy little low budget, you know, short films that somebody makes. Right. You know, with a camcorder or with their phone or whatever. It's coming from a, a raw source somehow
1: makes it creepier and more real and and well, closer to Closer to home. The Blair Witch Project was one of the scariest things I've ever seen.
0: I know. And as maligned as that movie is these days, you know. I don't understand why. I don't either. But I, yeah, the Blair Witch Project was one of the scariest things I'd ever seen. And it didn't show anything. Like, it was all left to your imagination
1: and... Well, suffice it to say that it's all about the theater of the mind, and that's what really freaks people out. It's it's what freaks me out.
0: It's what freaks me out. And, you know, that's... My imagination is scarier than...
1: Anything you could possibly see or experience, yeah. I wonder what that says about me. But
0: anyway, do you want to read your story first? Do you want me to read first? What do you want?
1: Why don't you go first?
0: All right, Vince. My first story is from May of 2013. And I think you will know exactly why I chose this one. It's called The Crying Woman. Here in Mexico, there's a very well-known legend about a woman who killed her children for love of a man who didn't love her back. The legend says that she drowned the children in a river, and when she found out that the man wouldn't be with her, she committed suicide, and her soul still wanders around the rivers in search of her children. And people would still hear her crying, Oh, my children. That's why they call her the crying woman. Well, my story is about my own experience with the crying woman. I grew up in a neighborhood next to a river. My mother's sister lived a few blocks away from our house, so I usually go to sleep over my aunt's house with my cousins. One night, we were talking about the crying woman and how my aunt heard her a couple of nights ago. My cousins told me that my aunt was awake late at night when she heard the screams of a woman. She thought someone was in trouble, so she went out of the house searching for her. She thought she was like a block away in the river's direction, so she followed the screaming. When she reached the point where she thought the screaming was coming from, she heard it again, but in the opposite direction, a block away. Then she got scared and went back home. The next day, she acknowledged that some other neighbors heard the screaming, too. We were just talking about that when we got scared. I was 13 years old at the time. So we changed the subject and started talking about something else. It was late and my aunt told us it was time to go to bed. So we turned off the lights and went to bed. We didn't fall asleep immediately. We were still talking and laughing in the dark when one of my cousins said, "'Quiet!' We stopped talking and she asked, "'Did you hear that?' I said I didn't hear anything. "'My other cousin said the same thing. "'There it is again,' she said. "'The window was open as it was a warm night of summer. "'We listened carefully and we could hear a screaming far away. "'I mean, like, miles away. "'We were amazed. "'Maybe it's the crying woman,' I whispered, "'hoping we could hear it again. "'We stood there in the dark, "'expecting maybe another scream in the distance.' But then seconds later, we heard a really loud scream just outside the window. It was a creepy scream, like a woman's crying of pain. We all screamed our lungs out, and my aunt came running into the bedroom we were staying in, and we told her what had just happened, and she went outside to see if there was someone, but there was nothing. Needless to say, we went to sleep with the lights on and the window closed. A few days later, me and my older sister were home alone since our parents went out for a party. We were watching TV, and I heard the exact screaming far away. I muted the TV and told my sister, who I had already told about my experience at my aunt's house, so we both listened carefully. Then we heard the screaming, but it wasn't as far as I first heard it. My sister was so scared that she turned pale, but she wouldn't admit it. She said, It was probably some drunk girl partying hard or something, but we both knew it wasn't that. It was a painful, long cry. I heard it a few more times after that, and I'm not sure if it was the crying woman, still wandering next to the river searching for her children, or some other spirit. There's people in the neighborhood that say it was a banshee. Only one thing is for sure, it was scary as hell. And that was submitted by Alexa in Mexico. I chose that story specifically because La Llorona is something that has scared the hell out of me. My practically my entire life. When I was in elementary school in about fourth or fifth grade, I had a couple of friends. They were twins, Raquel and Joelle, and they were from Mexico. They had gone to school in Mexico up until they came to my school. And Raquel was my best friend for those few years in elementary school that we went to the same school together. And she told me first about La Llorona and then spun that tale, I mean, way out, way out to the point where now I'm like, man, she made 90% of what she told me. She made it up because I was Eating it up. I had never heard anything so terrifying. She's in my watching life. your
1: face and just feeding yeah. off of it. And yeah,
0: just- that story scared me so bad as a kid that even just hearing the name La Llorona, would terrify me. And for years, I think you remember events like for years, I wouldn't even say it. I didn't want to hear stories about it. I didn't want you to say it. You know, it was <laughs> it was. Scary so scary to yeah. me and it doesn't have quite the the you know the the terrifying punch to me that it used to being now that I'm very very old but <laughs> but I still love that story and I love to hear stories about it. So that's why I chose that story The Crying Woman. Thank you Alexa for submitting that in 2013.
1: All the way back in 2013. All the way back in 2013. 2013. My story is not from the year 2013. I chose a story. I dug deep. Like I said, this is a, a website that the archives go all the way back to January 1997. My choice was the very first story in the very first month of the very first year that this website was in existence. And it's called A Bed with a Beating." It was about four years ago when this happened to me. I was about ten at the time. And I'd just gotten bunk beds from some friends of the family. Once I got the bed home, I had my dad place it in the center of the room. Not sure why, but that's where I wanted it. One night, about a month later, after I received the bed, someone or something was punching me in my back. Not a friendly tap, but it was as if someone was punching me or throwing a ball at my back. I freaked out and turned to see what was doing it, but there was no one there. After that, I went and slept in the living room. A few nights later, I decided to go back to my bed, and the hitting happened again. But this time, I had a dream. And there was this man in white in it, who had white hair and red glowing eyes, and he was throwing a ball at me, sort of like we were playing tennis. Every time he threw the ball, I missed hitting it, and it would hit me, and I felt as, as if something or someone was right there punching me in the back. I then started hitting the ball back in my dream, and the ball would hit him, and after a while I guess I won the match because the man, if he really was a man, just disappeared. After that, I had no strange experiences while sleeping in that bed, but I still had a feeling that he would come back, so I gave the bed back to the people that I got it from. And that's the story. That was submitted by R.M. In Washington, USA, January 1997. Now, aside from the fact that it's so cool that it's su- such an old story, mm-hmm. and it f- starts out saying, it was about four years ago, and I was about 10 at the time. Yeah. So the person telling this story 25 years ago was 14 at the time. Mm-hmm. So by my calculations, that would mean that they're nearly 40 now. Yeah. And I hope that they're- It's
0: weird. A website being that old. This website is practically a fossil.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, that's the first thing that appealed to me about it. Mm -hmm. The second reason that it appealed to me, I have experienced something like that. Not the dream, not playing a a game of haunted tennis with a man with white hair in my dreams. But I'm not somebody who's had a lot of experiences that I can't explain. But one of the experiences that I can't explain... Mm. Is it the pillow? It was the pillow and the mattress. Yeah. There have been a few times in the last, well, I could say, you know, in the last 25 years that I can think of where strange things happened to me in bed. Mm-hmm. And now I know that when I hear people say things like this, I think. Well, you were well, asleep. You were probably asleep. Yeah. And, but in each of these instances, the times that these things have happened, you were there with me mm-hmm. and I reported to you what had just happened. Mm-hmm. And of course that oh. could be something that I just woke up from, but
0: no one time I witnessed you having the experience and I know that you were awake because I saw you, I saw it happen and that and, was the pillow. Experience. And so,
1: yeah, the pillow experience I'll relay that now uh, we were lying in bed you know, going to sleep like, no, you, like you do? No, never mind.
0: He's not going to relay it correctly. No? I got up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. So
1: we were already sleeping.
0: We were already sleeping. It was the middle of the night. We had already been asleep. I got um, up in the middle of the night and went to the bathroom, and the bathroom was just off of the bedroom. And as I was coming out of the bathroom, you were sitting up in bed. You had your pillow Kind of wrapped in your arms. Your arms were wrapped around your pillow and you were kind of hunching over it. But you were sitting upright and you looked at me. You were awake. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so that's when the pillows.
1: At some point, you arose and it awakened me. And I was hugging the pillow. And I say, as I lay there, I became aware of a tapping sensation that was coming from inside the pillow that mm-hmm. was that I was holding mm-hmm. and so i immediately you know sat up groggily still holding the pillow around my stomach and i was looking down at it like what is that i was thinking is that gas i mean can can stomach gas <laughs> can a gas... pillow have gas <laughs> no i was thinking can stomach gas cause that sound to be happening in my stomach and it is then Going into the pillow, maybe being amplified by the pillow, or you know, maybe it was some sort of uh, effect where the, the 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 pillow, the density of the pillow, was kind of amplifying the sound and giving it a bass quality.
0: Vince Nye, the science guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but the thing about it is that in that moment, I was like, there has to be an explanation for this because what is it? It's not me. It's not an animal, right? And then I thought, what kind of a ghost? Like. Goes into your pillow and starts tapping your pillow. So immediately I thought, well, it can't be a ghost either. I don't know what's going on. And that's when you you came in the room and you're like, what's going on?
0: No, I came into the room and you immediately like threw the pillow across the room. You
1: you came into the room just as I determined that there's something (laughs) wrong with the pillow and I don't want it anymore. So I threw it on the floor. And you know what you do? This is the mundanity, I guess, the you know of experiencing something that you can't explain, especially when you're trying to sleep. Mm-hmm. You throw the pillow to the floor and you go lay down, go back to sleep. Yeah, but I know
0: when and when you're reading these stories, so often you know they say something like, "I heard this thing," or "I saw this thing," or "I felt this thing," and I just closed my eyes and just tried to go to sleep. And if you've never experienced something like that in that moment, you think how the hell do you just go to sleep after something like that? You can't just pretend that didn't happen and go to sleep. But that's exactly what you do because your brain says, there's an explanation. There's an explanation. Even though you relay it later and you're like, there's no explanation except, you know, I'm going to be like the Giorgio Tsoukalos of ghosts. I'm not saying it was ghosts, but it was ghosts. (laughs) you know, but in the moment it's not, there's so many explanations. You don't know what that explanation is though.
1: But in a situation like that though, you know, the reality of the situation is that I had to go to work in the morning and Mm -hmm. there, I was more afraid of not getting a good night's sleep, maybe getting late to work and getting in trouble or something like that, or just doing a a lousy job at work the next day. I thought you you can compartmentalize to that point. You say, I can't I can't control what's happening at work, what's going to happen at work, but I can control this damn pillow. It's out of here, <laughs> and I—I'm pretty sure that eventually I incorporated it back into the bed because it was a good pillow. But um, I would, I, you know, ever since then I—I've wondered what that could have been. And yeah. then I looked at this story, and I thought this is the same kind of the same thing that happened to me, except for him it was his mattress, yeah. and there was something that was punching him in the back. I think my interpretation of the story is that it was punching him in the back through the mattress. Not that there was somebody like lying in bed with him, punching punching him in the back. Maybe. Or maybe
0: it was a haunted bed. I mean, I would love to know if they ever ask the people that they got the bed from, Mm -hmm. like, why did you get rid of this bed? Did anyone else experience something like this with that bed? But also, can I just point out that that is the number one reason you don't put your bed in the middle of the room <laughs> in the middle of the room that was right you have what to have that? your back you have to be able to face your back to the wall because if you're in the middle of the room ghosts can just circle you you're just you're you're easily circled they can and punch I, you in the back and and
1: i'm totally remembering <laughs> that this terrifying story on art bell ages and ages ago mm. about the dude who lived in the woods and you know it, it, he was kind of like a, a hermit type, and he had uh, what he assumed were the spirits of deceased Native Americans who were keeping him up at night by like s- by making these these sounds. And he got to the point where he had to he he could only sleep he could only keep them at bay with strobe lights. Oh yeah, so he had to sleep. At I night. can't even
0: imagine stro like yeah he sleeping had- with a strobe light.
1: He slept with blinders on. And a strobe light, but these things would when the strobe lights weren't off, they would kind of harass him and attack him. It's a terrifying story. Mm-hmm. Maybe you somebody sort of but speaking of this uh this story, a bed with a beating, RM, if you're still out there somewhere, reach out to us, go to the website. Because let we us know. have questions. We I wanna know more about this. I want to know if, if you found out whether or not mm-hmm. somebody died in that bed. Now mm-hmm. I you know, I slept I used to sleep in a bed that my grandmother died in.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Um it's not as creepy as you might think, especially when it's a really cool bed. It's it was a vintage bed with these mahogany frame and it was a four-poster bed, but the you know the mattress had not it was not a new mattress because th- these were so old mm-hmm. that you couldn't just fit a double on there. It was some other weird in-between size yeah. from the 30s or whatever. And I, you know, I slept in that bed and I, nothing creepy ever happened, but, you know, my grandmother was not a creepy person. Mm -hmm. I mean, not as far as I can remember, Mm -hmm. but yeah, you know, I've, I've been in that situation and, um, I, I know that, for example, that the pillow that I was using was not probably not haunted because it was from Target.
0: (laughs) So (laughs) I actually think it might've been from Shopco.
1: Oh, ooh, that's even worse. <laughs> even maybe, worse, because it, shopco itself is a ghost now. Is it? It's a ghost town. Was it? And you worked there <laughs> briefly. Was it haunted?
0: Yeah, in like '97. No, the shopco I worked at wasn't haunted. But uh, one of the women who I worked with was telling me about another Shopco that was haunted, and then of course we had to start talking about. You know, because we're in a department store, so of course, then it turned to the haunted Toys R Us, and so which we, I've been to. You've been to it.
1: I've been to that haunted toys when it when, was open, or did you we get were... to like
0: go for a ghost hunt? Type no, thing? I
1: went there looking for for presents for my nephew or my niece, and you accidentally bought them a ghost. I wish that I could say that that happened, but um, no. I, I can't say that. No, seriously, though, I went into that place. It was like right next door, Sunnyvale, California. It was right next door to the CD warehouse ah, or right down the street from the it, infamous recall, CD warehouse, um, which is not haunted, but except by wonderful memories mm-hmm. of, of good music. But so the haunted Toys R Us was right there. And I thought, you know, I'm going in. I'm going to go and try and buy this. And at the same time, like kind of strike. Oh, okay, cause you, know, so you knew something. it was
0: the haunted Toys R Us. Already. Yeah. I knew it okay. was the
1: haunted Toys R Us. And I freaked myself out when I was in there. I was down one of these hallways, hallway, one, one of these aisles in the back. And there was like nobody around. Mm-hmm. And I was looking around and for something, for somebody, some kid, I don't know. And, um, yeah, and I, you know when you're in that situation, you're like, and suddenly you're like, "This is the haunted Toys R Us." You envision that immediately, something's going to fly off a shelf, or something's going to tap you or on the back, or a creepy
0: doll is going to start talking to you.
1: Yeah, and the person I who works
0: there that. is going to say, "That's not a talking doll." <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a doll that is inhabited by the spirit of a female vampire from your favorite TV series. Okay, we oh, can
0: oh, the Nadia doll. <laughs>
1: I was looking for the Naja doll 30 years before I knew it was going to come into existence.
0: Uh, so I think we have time to read another story each. Do you want to read? And it's our first episode. We might as well read two stories. And really get the people hooked, you know?
1: Yeah, you got me hooked. All right. Now, why don't you read one? Um, tell us a scary story.
0: Okay. So this next story I'm going to read is from August of 2015.
1: Mm, you're sticking with the current ones.
0: <laughs> I am. And it's because I'm in the middle of as as of the time that we're recording this, uh the version of the website that's up is still the old version. And I am working my rear end off to build the new website that you all are seeing at this very moment. And Part of creating the new website is I have t- I had to go into every single story on the website and copy and paste it all to a spreadsheet. I had to copy and paste who submitted it, the story itself, the title, all of it into
1: a spreadsheet. I don't know if you should be telling people that thousands our of ghost stories. stories were processed on a spreadsheet. There's nothing <laughs> sexy about or creepy hey, about. Hey, I beg
0: to differ. I think the spreadsheets are very sexy
1: and they're not creepy unless. You're trying be. to understand anyway. it and you, you know, you lose your sanity in the process.
0: So today, I, Mr. Moon, our black cat, uh, has awakened. So today I'm finishing that process, and so I'm working in the later years. So that's why my stories today are from the later years. This story is from August of 2015, and it's called Weird Cemetery Encounter, and I picked it because I myself have had a weird... Cemetery encounter. Or two. I recently remembered an unusual encounter my then-partner and I had at the local cemetery. Very odd, to say the least. About 15 years ago, we drove to the cemetery with flowers for my grandparents' grave. It was late in the afternoon, probably about 5 p.m. As we drove up the path of that particular section, this girl stepped in front of the car from a side path, I think, not totally sure because we didn't see her at all until she appeared in front of us. She was probably mid-teens, solidly built, with pigtails, but her clothing was that of a much younger child, and old-fashioned. Plaid skirt, cardigan, and jumper like I wore as a child in the sixties. We were going slowly and she started twirling and dancing just a few feet in front of us as we continued up the path, and in her arms was a bundle of cuddly toy animals. Straight away, I got a weird feeling about this girl. My partner could see her, too. He was getting annoyed because she wouldn't move out of the way. Finally, we stopped. I stepped out of the car, and she was gone, just like that. I stood there dumbfounded. The cemetery was quite flat, and you could see all the way over. No sign of her. While I tended to my grandparents' grave, my equally puzzled partner went for a walk to see if she might have been hiding, but nothing— She had just vanished. It was the oddest thing. Nothing made sense. Her dress, her behavior, even the cuddly toys. I still remember her very clearly. I can still see her twirling and dancing with this odd little smile, and I have no explanation all these years later. And that was submitted by Anonymous in South Australia.
1: Okay, that's one of the creepiest things I've I know. ever. You know, I, I have to. I can. I can tell you that I saw something like that once, but mm-hmm. they it, it had a more of more of a, an earthly explanation.
0: Well, I think that sometimes, not all the time, and I'm not suggesting this one does, but I think that a lot of times they do. But that doesn't, that shouldn't detract from their creepy factor. Well, the
1: the location. Is the clincher of the whole thing. Yeah, it can be. But it so, is, tell me
0: yours, and then I'll I'll tell well, you. Well, you know,
1: I was just during my misspent misspent youth. I was sitting in the car one night listening. Your to the, misplaced childhood. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um And I was sitting in the car with a friend of mine. We were listening to the radio or listening to music or something, and mm-hmm. we we're just sitting out in front of my house.
0: Were you listening to the album Misplaced Childhood?
1: I was not listening. We were we were probably listening to prog rock, okay. but not that. Okay maybe old Genesis. And we look up, I don't know which one of it, who, who said it first? Do you see that? And like down the end of the street, it's a cul-de-sac and we're facing the end of the cul-de-sac.
0: Oh yeah. I remember this story.
1: There is, you know, a driveway that's facing us. It's, and it's like midnight and there's a girl and she's dancing in the driveway. Mm-hmm. And we were like, I said, just the question you normally ask, you say, do you see that? Mm -hmm. And yeah, is she dancing? What is she doing? I think she was just a girl who was practicing, but that was it. You know, I mean, we just, we saw that it was, it it was ethereal and Mm -hmm. it was fascinating. And Mm -hmm. we turned off the music and we just sat there and watched her. Mm -hmm. Which sounds creepy,
0: but I, yeah, but we were
1: perfectly innocent about it. Yeah, of course. And eventually she, She either finished and went back inside or, you know, my friend said, I gotta go. Mm -hmm. And we split and he split. And I don't think we ever saw it again, Mm
0: -hmm. but it
1: never quite left me. That was not, not creepy though. Mm -hmm. If I saw that at night in a cemetery, I'd probably be doubly creeped out. Mm -hmm. But that was my experience. Yeah.
0: So one time this was my creepy, uh, cemetery encounter, um, when I was in junior high, we lived near a cemetery, not a particularly old or creepy cemetery. It was kind of small, kind of flat, or it's very, very flat. Not a lot of stand-up graves. There were some, but anyway, it's it's just one of those cemeteries that you can see everything. There were some trees and some bushes. And today, if you go to that cemetery, there aren't. They've taken them all out. No trees, no bushes. It's even flatter, but... This time there were bushes and it was night and I was just out and about with some friends. I was probably in, I think it was in eighth grade. So Might have been the summer between eighth and ninth grade. Eighth and
1: ninth grade. You're raising heck. Not yeah, quite hell.
0: Raising lots of heck. Yeah. And in Utah, when you're in eighth and ninth grade, raising heck is about as dramatic as it gets. Oh, wow. So we were like, well, let's go hang out at the cemetery, not to do anything, you know, just to hang out. And it was late. And so we didn't want to get like busted by the cops or whatever. There was this big bush and we, it was big enough that it kind of hung over. And There were about five of us, I think. And so we went under the bush and we were able to just kind of sit there in this little circle of friends, just sitting there chatting under this big bush. And the cemetery was fairly well lit. There were, you know, street lights because it's in the middle of a neighborhood. So there were street lights, and there weren't really any dark corners to hide in the cemetery. So we're sitting there and we're just chatting. And the bush we're under is on the the far north end of the cemetery, and the far south end of the cemetery. There were houses just on the other side of it. And that whole side was fully lit by streetlights. And we're sitting there chatting and we glance over at the South end and we see this person walk into the cemetery and they're wearing like a hoodie and the hood is pulled up and they have their hands in their pockets and but it looks like they're, they're looking straight ahead. Like they're not looking around. They're not looking down at the ground. Like, you know, if you go into a cemetery, a lot of times you, you, you're looking at the ground, you don't want to trip on things or you're looking at the tombstones or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah. But this person, it looked like they were just that their head was just straightforward. forward. And they were very upright. Their hands were just jammed in their pockets and they entered the cemetery and they'd kind of weave through a little bit, like walk a little bit and then stop. But again, they weren't looking anywhere, just straight ahead. And then they'd stand there still for a few minutes or a minute, which is a long time when you're just sitting there staring at someone, you know, and then they would just start walking through and weaving through again and stop. And just hold still for a minute or two. And then they did that again. They turned around and they would do it again until they were back out of the cemetery. And it was just, it was just really creepy. And I guess, you know, it could have been somebody just out for a walk, but that was just a very solid (laughs) way to walk into a cemetery and not mechanical right. like and very very mechanical very yeah
1: and, and, and really and not not really human-like
0: right and now the way that they were going through and like weaving and stopping and weaving and stopping i could see like if somebody was smoking a cigarette or if they're on a phone call but back then this is the mid-90s we didn't have cell phones so they, you know, and their arms weren't up, they weren't on the phone, they weren't hand to mouth, they weren't smoking a cigarette, they hands in their pockets, they were very mechanical, very rigid. And it was creepy. And that has always stuck with me. But
1: no, no, like I said,
0: they came out of a neighborhood, and they ended up turning around and going right back into the neighborhood. So the probability that it was just some guy doing something from the neighborhood very, very high. I'm not suggesting it was a ghost, but it was weird as hell. And it was (laughs) the middle of the night in a cemetery. And uh, we immediately were like, you know, maybe it's time to go home.
1: Could it be that they were looking for you?
0: (laughs) No, they weren't looking for anything. It was... I can't stress that enough. They weren't looking around. When they stopped... When they stopped walking, they their head didn't turn. Hmm. They weren't looking side to side. They didn't like turn around to look behind them. They weren't looking at the ground or up at the sky or they were they were just solid, just straight up and down head forward. They weren't looking for anything.
1: Okay. Occam's razor. Occam's razor. Occam's razor. Big it fan. Was, it was a neighbor. Mm-hmm. Wearing a neck brace because they they were in traction or they 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 had been in an accident or something like that.
0: Yeah, just taking it. In, they were and they were getting in their the night.
1: They were getting their steps in because it was like, oh, it's midnight and I didn't get my steps in. We I'm didn't have step
0: get. counters back then.
1: Well, they could have been counting out loud. They
0: weren't exercising. They were leisurely strolling for a second leisurely stroll, stop. But
1: I still stand by the, the neck brace theory. Okay. Because if they had a hoodie on, if you have a neck brace, you're kind of embarrassed by it, I guess. I don't know. I've never had to wear one, you know. Hopefully I never will. And you put your hoodie up. Yeah. And then it, you just look like you're, you know, Mr. Roboto I mean, something. it's the middle of
0: the night. But still, but that's a good point because they did have a hoodie on. And like I've seen you do because Vince likes to wear his hoodie. In the house, he'll have the hoodie pulled up. But- a lot of times when, when you're cold. when you're wearing a hoodie, you can turn your head inside of the hoodie without it like moving the whole hood, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. You can kind of turn your head within it. So it is possible that they were walking around and looking around, but from where we were sitting and the angle of the light, it it looked like they weren't looking around at all. And that cemetery, like I said, is very small. It's about a a half of a neighborhood block. It's not very big.
1: It was an experience nonetheless. It was something that stuck with just like the dancing girl in the, Mm -hmm. you know, in the Mm cul-de-sac, there was nothing mystical about that, but it was something kind of beautiful. And, you know, I never knew who that person was, but, um, yeah, it's an interesting story. Yeah. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you for sharing.
0: Do you want to read your second story?
1: Okay. For my choice of story, I went to the part of the website, com, mm-hmm. labeled Spookiest Stories. Ah, uh, yes. This is where, over the years, some of the best stories that readers of the website have submitted have been grouped together. It's co- sort of a greatest hits of all the thousands of, of submissions.
0: You better not be reading the story that I think you're reading.
1: No. And this story that I picked... What is that? You're all... No. no. Hmm. And I picked a story called Racing the Devil. Ooh. Now, it's just a story that speaks for itself, so I'm going to go ahead and read it now. My story begins on an April night, about 3 a.m. I was driving home from my girlfriend's house. She lives in Parma, Ohio, and I live in Macedonia, Ohio, about a half an hour away. I was driving down Canal Road, a road that runs along a canal, what a surprise, that was used a long time ago to ship goods between Akron and Cleveland. Canal Road is a fairly busy road during the day, but at this early hour, I was the only car on it. The road also doesn't have any streetlights, so it's quite dark, and being in a low-lying area, there's always a little fog. I was driving along with my high beams on when I saw a man walking along the canal side of the road. As I got closer, he turned and looked at my car, and I caught a look at him in the headlights. Something about him just didn't seem right. He had a very strange look on his face. I can't really explain it any better. Just strange. I drove past him, a little shook up. I'm a pretty big guy, and I don't intimidate easily, but something about this face really creeped me out. About a half mile or so down the road, I got a strange feeling... I looked to my left and just in the glow of my headlights I saw the man I had passed a while back running alongside my car. I thought I had to be seeing things. I was doing about 45 miles an hour. But the man ran just slightly ahead of my car. I could see quite clearly that it was him except that his face, his head was turned toward me and he was looking right at me. His face was different, more twisted and evil looking. I hit the gas and sped up to about 55 or 60, and he kept up with me the whole time. By this time, I was beyond scared. I was terrified. I pressed on the gas, but I had come to a hill, and my old car doesn't like hills too much, so I didn't pick up much more speed, maybe another mile per hour or two. Just as I was coming to a bend in the road, another car was coming the other way. It flashed its lights at me. I still had mine on and I stopped looking at the man for a second or two. When I looked back, he was gone. I looked in the rearview mirror, but all I could see was the taillights of the other car disappearing around the bend. I didn't slow down until I got to the intersection not far from my house. To this day, I have no idea what this man was. The evil expression on his face still haunts me to this day. He reminded me very much of the pictures of the devil that you see in those old paintings and such from the Renaissance. Very dark and ominous. I told a couple of people of that night but as expected, not one of them ever believed me. I've also since read about similar sightings from all over the country. Some people claim it's everything from ghosts to the devil to alien visitors but I just don't know. I still drive that stretch of road occasionally and had never seen anything else quite that strange but believe me, I always keep a lookout. That was submitted by Anonymous in Ohio, USA.
0: That was scary. That was really scary.
1: And you know, I I read that story because I have a great love for, I I don't think there's anything quite as terrifying as driving at night, Mm -hmm. in the middle of the night, alone Mm -hmm. on a road. Nothing quite as terrifying and nothing as cool either. Mm -hmm. And those are the settings that that I just I, I kind of gravitate to.
0: Well, of course you would like that. It has a very Carnival of Soul vibe.
1: Carnival of Souls? Carnival of Souls vibe. And it's got a, you know, a, again, a very Art Bellian vibe. You know, mm-hmm. what do you listen to when you're driving in the middle of the night?
0: It better be Art Bell.
1: In the middle of nowhere.
0: I mean, I, I realize the man is dead, but well, his archives will live on.
1: They will live on. And if, if you don't have a few on your thumb drive in the car, then... <laughs> then you, Then you're crazy. Then are
0: you even an Arbel van?
1: That was my story. That was great. I I remember when I used to live in San Jose, the Mm -hmm. San Jose area, commuting a lot between Morgan Hill and San Jose and Santa Clara and stuff like that. I would drive a stretch of the 101, the old 101, called... Blood Alley. Called Blood Alley. Mm -hmm. I think it was one of the first times that you and I met, the first time you and I met, you came out to visit me in California, long story. And I took you.
0: For our first date, he took me to get Jack in the Box and then drove me down Blood Alley at midnight, looking at me going, huh? While listening to old
1: 1997 or 1999 Art Bell Ghost to Ghost talking about that very stretch And
0: I was just like, oh, yeah, wow. Okay, my Jack in the Box is getting cold.
1: No, it was Wendy's.
0: It wasn't. It was Jack in the Box. because Well, let's
1: not talk about food. Because
0: we don't have Jack in the Box here. And as soon as I got to California, I was like, Mama needs some Jack in the Box. Okay. Anyway.
1: Anyway, that story freaked me out when I read it.
0: Yeah. That's a great story. And And the uh, description of the face as as the face turns and looks at him while he's driving, while it's running ahead of him.
1: Oh, yeah. That that aspect of it, too, also reminds me. uh, My best friend, Glenn his uh his family they're guamanian mm-hmm. chamorro and he relayed a really creepy story oh the, yeah the in, in guam they have this these fables not fables
0: legends
1: these yeah these let the legend of the tatamona mm-hmm. i believe yeah the tatamona i'm not sure i'm spelling i'm pronouncing it right but i'm spelling it correctly in my fa- in my brain but um in my face in my face <laughs> And Glenn told me the story that was relayed to him by his grandfather that he, you know, his grandfather was uh, getting on the uh, on the freeway or the highway out there. Mm-hmm. And there was a little boy on the side of the road looking at him. And he he took off and, you know, he went on to, onto the entry ramp and he looked over and the little boy was running alongside the car. Oh, no. And as he sped up to f- highway speeds the boy was still following along Mm -mm. and looking right at him with this sort of curious expression on his face. That may have been a story that grandpa told to his grandchildren just to freak him out or Mm -hmm. maybe to give him something, a a little bit of a connection between where they're from, Mm -hmm. you know, having been raised on the mainland in the States and having been disconnected from that culture. Mm -hmm. It's a very rich culture and apparently a lot of really creepy stories. But, you know, maybe it was something he actually saw. Mm-hmm. We don't know. I mean, there's it's – they're legends for a reason. It's yeah. because it's, – it's not because one man saw a little boy running alongside a car. Yeah. It was because a lot of people have seen a lot of creepy stuff.
0: So you bring me to an uh, a point where I wanted to – you reminded me to say something. <laughs> Good. Uh, everybody – I mean, obviously, all of us around the world live in different places, whether it's a different country or a different – state or even just a different state of mind town or neighborhood and all of these locations that we live in all have their own legends whether they're a well-known legend or just you know the neighborhood kids talk about the haunted house at the end of the block or whatever it is and we haven't all necessarily had experiences with our local legends, even though we may know about them. So what I am getting at here is that I want to hear about your local legends. Like, what is a legend where you're from, where you live? Like I said, it it could be, you know, local to your country, local to your state, local to your neighborhood. What is the local legend whether you've had experience with it or not. And I just want to know everything about that. So you can email us or message us on the Castle of Spirits website. Feel free to submit that and maybe we'll, we'll read it on our next podcast this is also new to us. Maybe we'll create a local legends section on the website where people can go and read them as well. Right,
1: because one of the things that we talked about was that we love ghost stories, mm-hmm. but there's so much more to love that is not ghost stories. Mm-hmm. But that it's a big castle. And it's, it's a, a castle, huge just castle. Just because it's Castle of spirits doesn't mean that that's all that lives in there. Right, and um, we have
0: outbuildings. We there's do. the There's the greenhouse.
1: We also have a very large. Uh, large guest rooms in the house. One is the time slip, the time slip room. Another one is the, do we, are we going to do an ancient aliens room? No, I'm sure that we can find room for the,
0: to house the aliens. But, you know, like I said, the greenhouse outside is where cryptozoologicals are.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, We've got room for So We've got room for the cryptids. We've got a room for the aliens. We've got, a room for the urban legends, for the local legends, for the yeah. There's there's the time slip closet.
1: Yeah, um,
0: you walk into that closet and you come out in a completely different time and place. We've got we've got room for all of the things. If it's paranormal
1: and if it's freaky, we want to hear about it. It
0: lives at the castle, and all welcome.
1: <laughs> That's a beautiful way to end this. <laughs> I feel like Craig T. Nelson, only half as tall and twice as bald.
0: (laughs) And hopefully you're not eating raw steak.
1: No, that wasn't Craig T. Nelson. That Um. was the... uh,
0: Oh, that was the guy peeling his face off in the bathroom.
1: That was one of the guys that was there in the house in the movie that had maybe one line Mm -hmm. that was there with... uh, um, Zelda Rubenstein? What was Zelda's character's name? I don't remember. No, I have to find out.
0: But... When I was a kid, Poltergeist scared the hell out of me. And the whole, like, the scene with the steak really stuck out at me. And, uh, of course, the scene where he's tearing his face off in the bathroom mirror really scared me. And, of course, the clown. I mean, we haven't even touched on my clown thing yet. I'm sure we'll get to it.
1: Tangina Barons. Anyway, okay. the moment has passed. Zelda's a better name. Zelda is.
0: Yeah. So that's all for this episode it's our very first episode so please feel free to uh message us on the website there's a little contact box um as of recording this i don't know what the url is because it doesn't exist yet but just poke around on the website and you'll find it and in future episodes i will make sure to say what that url is because i'll know But poke around on the website until you figure out how to contact us and send us your stories. Send us any kind of paranormal story you like. We'll find a place for it. Like I said, all are welcome. And Vince, do you have anything else to add before we wrap this beast up?
1: No, other than this was really fun and I want to do it again. And I hope that uh, you guys will listen and Mm -hmm. help us out by submitting your stories your true ghost stories
0: and share it with a friend because the more stories we can get submitted to us the more reading there is for all of us each month and the more enjoyment we can bring to paranormal lovers all over the world
1: all right so stay scared oh
0: Oh, i like that what stay scared stay scared my friends